inspired by the Canadian Federation of the Blind. Outlook, a show about accessibility, advocacy, and equality. I'm Brian. And I'm Carrie. Outlook. Radio Western. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to April. Yeah, so it's one of those things. It's hard to get through this day without hearing about some jokes, April Fool's Day and all, but we're not really big on that, are we? No, although the one that always sticks out in my mind is <laughs> when we were younger and Carrie got her first guide dog. The one <laughs> April Fool's Day, I let the dog outside and then, <laughs> or, or did I lock her in a room? I don't know. I think you might have put her in the garage or I don't know. I don't know. I put I hit her dog somewhere and I said, Carrie, Crush is missing. That was the name of her dog was Crush. And uh, she freaked I out for a minute. Totally but. forgot about that one. I didn't leave it going on too long. No, that was mean. <laughs> okay, well, I, I, I want to change my statement from a minute ago. Brian is a bit of a jokester sometimes. but <laughs> Yeah, still April Fool's though. I don't really. Yeah, it's uh, like on a day when they tell partake. you to. Well, whatever. Um. So, yeah, so also I just wanted to wish Brian a happy birthday. Uh, he turned uh, 32 on Saturday, so. Thanks. He, he's an crazy. Old, old man, so he went to bed at 10.30. Yeah, people <laughs> were saying, don't party too hard. I was, I was in bed at like 10.30. Oh, uh, yeah, we're um, not like partying university students anymore. I guess not. <laughs> Those days have come and gone. Um, you know, still had, stud- had a couple drinks and stuff, but nothing, nothing crazy. Take it easy for the weekend, and uh, right. yeah, had band practice yesterday, so that was nice. Keep busy, and uh, good. Well, uh, I think we wanted to start with something that happened uh, as a result of something else happening. And again, thanks to CTV London for covering uh, Outlook a couple weeks back. And uh, as, as I like to say, uh, you never know who will see when you appear on TV. <laughs> that was my. You're life. pretty proud of that one. <laughs> Yeah. Well, it is not, it, April is National Poetry Month also, so I could make a poem out of that. Yeah, so was, was that, that was just two weeks ago now then that we had the CTV mm-hmm. um, reporter here in studio filming us and had this report aired on CTV and it was posted around Ontario because it airs in different... Well, I heard that it was on even in Toronto, somebody said. I guess, yeah. I saw I saw Barry CTV show up when I looked, up, looked it up online and uh, Windsor, I think. Yeah. Um, so definitely aired around, and yeah, you never know Who's who might see that stuff. Yeah. But thanks, thanks again for for the report, and another quick thanks to last week's guest. Yeah, thanks, uh, Jonna, for not only teaching me violin for the last three years, but for coming on the show and talking about her her teaching process. Yeah, that was a very uh, interesting interesting discussion. Learned a lot. Um, so yeah, I'm just queuing up the audio <laughs> from this report. There's an ad, so I'm gonna. Not going to turn up the volume on the board until. Oh, uh, uh, okay. It's coming out of the. <laughs> Came from my speaker, though. Yeah. If you listen, then you'll see. It was like a punch to my gut. Like, I don't feel like I'm. I feel out of place here all of a sudden. Outlook is a radio show about blindness, but for hosts Carrie and Brian Kajuski, it's meant to help listeners better see their world. Most people don't know anyone who's blind, and it's. It just sort of normalizes things and gets this stuff out there. And I want people to s- notice that we're very, 
open and we're willing to talk about anything. But I had this idea that I would, just to make a statement, I would take some braille labels that are sticky and I would go there and I would stick them under the elevator. Over the airwaves, the brother and sister who were born blind open up about the challenges they face in a visual world. The rate of uh, unemployment for the blind is so high and we want to fix that. Brian recently applied for work at a bank and although he was qualified for the position, the computer system used by the bank wasn't accessible. Those are the moments when you do remember that um, that you do have this disability, Shoot. whereas I generally forget about it. So it's Stuff like that definitely needs improvement. The issues they discuss on air are meant to educate and break down the misconceptions people might have about the blind and visually impaired. We don't want to be preachy, but there are a lot of things that, that we need to talk about, that things we want to work on to make better, and we can only do that if people are, are aware that, that they occur in the first place. So they tackle topics like how to use Braille, transportation, technology, and the common mistakes people make while trying to help them. We offer unique sort of voice uh, the two of us as siblings and, and the life we've lived together um, growing up and, and now and how we're you know how we're dealing with adulthood um, but you know our chemistry it's been pointed out by many people and and it is a connection that I don't have with anyone else in the world. Their half-hour talk show airs Mondays at 11 a.m. on Radio Western. Brian utilizes a braille display to run the show. So everything's translated so I can start the music the theme for the show and the outro for the show. I just feel like I'm being heard somehow, or I have a voice, you know. Sasha Long, CTV News. Yeah, so there you go. So that was great. And, uh, you know, the usual people, I was in my friends, friends and family, I told it was on or whatever, and they caught it. But then there's a few people that, you know, you don't talk to every day, and they, they watched the local news, and they saw it, and then they sent some nice messages and things. But um, one really ex unexpected one happened, right, Brian? Yeah, so Carrie, being the writer that she is, put out a Facebook post uh, last week about it. and um, Surprised you? Yeah, it, it didn't come right out and say who had contacted us after seeing that report on TV. Um, but then she did reveal it in, in the status a bit later on, so it kept up some suspense. Mm -hmm. um, but anyway, if you want to kind of speak about speak about this uh, you know him a bit better than me although he yeah. was important to me too uh, well yeah so it was Easter right around this time um, of year back in 1996 uh, when I was really sick and I was diagnosed with kidney disease and uh, I, I saw my family doctor and then he eventually sent me to specialist uh, well pedi pediatrician general one and then he s said whoa this, is, this girl's sick and he sent me to the um, pediatric nephrology at uh, university or not university hospital I guess uh, the Vic Victoria Hospital here in London and uh, so on the first on the second floor was his office pa you could pass a waterfall uh, waterfall water fountain so it was my favorite to stop and get a drink. Um, but it was just great. Finally, I met a doctor who was friendly and um, kind of like a, I mean, I was, I was only 11 or 12 at that time. So he seemed old to me. He was probably maybe 60, I don't know, at the time. But he seemed like, sort of like a grandfather that, you, you know, kind of not really like mine, but just sort of reminded me of him. He was just very casual and, and you know, there was serious stuff going on, but he didn't, he didn't have alarm in his voice, even though you, you could tell that he was on it, right? He was on the case. So, um, yeah. So just, um, I don't, I kind of missed the beginning there, what you said, um, just to sort of put it into perspective in that time of your life. Um, 
our show focuses on accessibility, but we also uh, want to talk a little bit about organ donation and kidneys because we've had both had kidney transplants. Mm-hmm. And um, around this time, you were trying to get diagnosed. Nobody knew what the problem was, and uh, you had seen a family doctor and other doctors who just didn't quite understand and didn't didn't get it, and you didn't feel like they connected with what you were going through. Um, and then this... Yeah, they just weren't very... They weren't, you know, suited for children, really. But this guy, he he presented me with this little um, picture. Well, it had it was a little storybook. It was called Kelly's Kidney. He's like, here, this is close enough. Your name's Carrie. Just <laughs> pretend it's Carrie's Kidney. So it was, a, it was just a little book that he would give um, a, a child when they're going diagnosed with kidney failure to sort of read about what to expect and stuff. So he gave me that. I have that somewhere still. But yeah, he basically just stepped in and said, you know, this is what's going on and you do need to go on dialysis, but it's going to be, everything's going to be all right. <clears throat> you know, you can do this. And uh, so he was with me for about a year. Uh, he saw me through two kinds of dialysis. The one a lot of people are familiar with, hemodialysis, that big machines where the blood get ex- gets exchanged and cleaned, um, but then the other one that I did at home. So he saw me through all of that, and there was a lot of ups and downs that year. And then right around my transplant, when I went to Toronto, because you have to go to Toronto as a kid for a transplant, that's when he left. So he went out west. Um, I'm not sure if he went out for like a sabbatical or if he was doing research or what he ended up doing out there if he worked at the children's hospital, but he is back in London. I don't know if he uh, listens to the radio, but I wanted, we wanted to tell this story just because it was such an unexpected, lovely little story, and um, it's hard for me to explain what he meant to me in those kind of scary days, but he saw the news and pointed out, hey, to, you know, to his wife, you know, those were my patients back when, because uh, Brian was just starting to get diagnosed yeah, I mean, also at the time. But. So, in the end, he sent a letter to, um, he found our name, our name was mentioned on the report, mm-hmm. um, not the spelling, but I'm sure he figured that out, yeah, obviously, Kajuski. and uh, sent sent a letter to our uncle. That was the the name he could find online <laughs> as a, of a Kajuski in this area, and yeah, just reaching out saying that he saw the report on on TV and uh, so good to see his former patients. Yeah, it's so pretty well. surprising. I mean, that's twenty plus like twenty two, twenty three years ago, um, but I don't know. I guess I guess Carrie and I are are memorable patients. I mean. I'm sure he's had many patients over his years, but I don't know how many other blind siblings he's had as, as patients. So, um, but yeah, it's pretty neat when someone from that, uh, that long ago. Mm-hmm. Well, I did wonder, I always wondered, you know, what was he doing out there? And when I, when we went out West last year, I was like, I wonder where he is now. And I wonder if he's even still alive because I didn't know how old he was. Um, but he ended up, I guess, coming back here to London for, for, you know, in his retirement and, um, so I'm going to write a letter and uh, let him know I received his letter and thank him for the reaching out. So that's just some of those things in life that you could never guess would happen, happen. Yeah, and it's it's great having all that pub- publicity for the show and even just for old people to reach out that remembered remembered us from back in the day. is It's pretty pretty neat. So, yeah, so it's sort of an unexpected happening. It happened uh, last week. So Yeah, and I mean, yeah. That's that's just how I wanted to start the show. Starting off a nice, happy, positive story on a Monday morning. Yeah, uh, we'll get to we have some other a lot of other stuff so that's happy. going on that isn't as as cheerful. Plus, it's a nice way to start off the show with the report. Um, if if you didn't get to catch it on TV, um, at least you got to listen to it here on the show. And uh, yeah, yeah, I'm sure we'll have some more media attention at some point. We've done pretty well so far. So. Well, we're we got something else going on in the works. Um, Hopefully in the next month or so. Okay. Yeah, there is actually some some stuff with Accessible Media Incorporated 
Um, they are a service for blind people. Coast to coast um, TV, so not, not radio channels. Not everyone's heard of them, but they are available on like cable. I guess I don't. Well, have, I, a, I don't have TV, so I had a lady the other day that uh, sort of a friend of mine. She um, she just mentioned how she likes to watch that channel. It has closed, cap- closed captioning and audio description on all of its shows. Like we, I was over at her house the other day, actually, and we were watching um, Law & Order SVU on it with description. And it's interesting for someone. She doesn't... I don't know if she... She came across the channel. She must have just. It's on regular cable. Well, yeah, anyone could come across it. It's just... It's not as no, well known not as certain as channels. But it is, it is out there. It's, it. it's definitely... And, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty neat that they do have that, at least on a mainstream um, outlet where... Your average person could come across the channel and... Well, as I say, yeah, I mean, it is important to bridge those gaps. I just... Audio description is, uh, um, as I've said before, a very important issue to me. And uh, it's just nice now. There's the setting on my um, my Rogers Cable that any show that has description on any of the cha- network channels um, is just on automatically. So my nephew was over the other day watching TV Ontario, the children's programming there, and he... Uh, he was just watching it, and it was pretty cranked in my house. It was pretty loud, but it had audio description, and he doesn't even care or notice now. But I mean, I can watch it with him and sort of know what's happening, so it's it's pretty good. But I guess um, <laughs> on to some other stuff. Not not as nice, or yeah. So um, the point of the mentioning, well, one of the points of mentioning the uh, accessible media incorporated is that. They did contact us, so there mm-hmm. might be something. There's hopefully something in the works with them uh, near the end of the month. I think so. We'll we'll uh, talk more about that when we and check get out more info check out that. the channel. They also have an app, um, AMI. Uh, there's an app on the App Store and Google Play. I'm sure it's actually really good. You can watch the shows, and a lot of them are very interesting. Uh, we, I kind of recommend anybody check it out. Yeah, definitely look up Accessible Media Inc. Mm-hmm. on Google and. Uh, Keep up on that. It's a, it's a great service. Um, so, yeah. What would you like to tackle next? <laughs> well, you guys have a whole big list of things here. Yeah. Um, Being on a, uh, on a university radio station, I just thought the whole thing comes up. So, last week was a big thing in the news. If you care to pay attention to national, international American stories, um, that Donald Trump's government uh, were, were going to defund the Special Olympics. So that was a big headline last week. Everybody was outraged. Yeah, I didn't even... I don't know if I read that one. I, I'm i trying to get better on my news. Carrie's a little more up on that stuff. And I I do try to pay some attention, but anything about the, the U.S. and mm-hmm. Trump and stuff, I don't always That's get hard. up on. But yeah, but yeah, so I don't know. Talk for a minute about that, and then we'll move on to the uh, situation in Ontario with students having the option to opt yeah, out. Yeah, it, it does apply fees. to what's going on here. I just thought I'd start with that because it was such a headline... Um, I mean, the Special Olympics, it's really one of those things that's hard to not get behind, to not to say, oh, I don't, want, I don't support that. <laughs> so when that news came out, there was a huge up- uproar, and for days, that's what it was, and then they sort of retracted it, like Donald Trump saying, oh, uh, don't worry, I talked to my people, and I overrode them, and we're going we're gonna to fund this. And it's like, sure, great, nice. Well, that's the way these things still happen is... <laughs> I mean, you do worry that someone's in charge and they have so much power, but then there's still so many people out there that when certain things come into play that just nobody's going to support, then they will backfire and then they try to make it seem like yeah. it, it wasn't their fault or anything um, in the first place. But uh, 
Well, yeah, we. I mean, you hope that that happens. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, no, it's hard sometimes be because be certain case. causes don't get the support that that they deserve, and others somehow for some reason do. And I mean, Special Olympics. That's that's such a well known, you know, event and organization that of course the news was going to pick up that story and people were going to freak out. Um, but it also there are articles that were out there that said you know, how great this was his news story for the week and then he saved the day and all this stuff. And But yet there were a whole bunch of other things in that budget um, that weren't were going to be defunded, including a lot of services for people with disabilities. Uh, so those things are smaller. They're not as, you know, flashy stories, so they don't get the news coverage. Uh, so he, saw, you know, fixed the problem and everybody's relieved that somehow, you know, he came to his senses or whatever. I don't know if I go that far, but um, that, you know, and so they're relieved about that. And then they move on to the next story. And that's great. But people who are actually um, needing services and things, they're, you know, it's a little more unnerving because you just sort of start feeling like, you know, the government could, could care less about what you might be dealing with. Um, so basically, that made me think then when I saw all these stories here in Ontario with the um, Doug Ford government that this whole story that's been sort of around this area, obviously, about uh, how now students can choose which services they want to support. And the government's making it seem like, oh, this is great, you know? Give students choice, you know? Yeah, everyone wants choice, right? Uh That's that's a positive thing on the surface. Um, But it started with, around here, hearing about how, you know, know, the radio stations may be affected and services Yeah, well, if if these plans go through in this... um, the Ford government um, is cutting s- student fees or giving students the option to opt out, opt out of these fees, um, and they affect a lot of different things related to to the universities. Um, you know, any like le- extracurricular stuff, clubs. Um, this radio station right here, which you know, is, we obviously got such a great opportunity. Very much appreciate um, hosting this show and your music show and awareness and our music show. Um, but these fees would also potentially allow students to opt out of accessibility um, support programs at mm, some like the accessibility as well. de- um, department and things where you, where where you know Brian went to get yeah when I went to Fanshawe and uh, studied music industry arts and general arts there I did use the accessibility um, quite a bit. And it, it was helped to have there. I didn't need it all the time, but you know, it definitely needs to be there. It shouldn't be a shouldn't be a choice sort of thing, especially in this inclusive society that we We're trying to build. We strive to live in. Um, so yeah, I have a I have a little clip about that as well that I can play on air just yeah, so you can kind of put I it. I thought it sums it up quite nicely. Perspective. Um, but yeah, I'm just gonna have to cue that up as well. So another ad. Yeah, there might be another ad here first. Hey, smart home, play yeah. something in C minor. I think it's coming through some uh, some other headphones. That's why it's mine. So yeah, there's an ad on going on, but uh. Fees to support students with disabilities and accessibility issues will now be deemed optional at some campuses across the province. We are putting money back in the pockets of students. Marilee Fullerton, the minister in charge, announced in January what the government calls a student choice initiative, essentially a new fee model which allows students to choose what they want to pay for and how that money will be allocated. The ministry did not give specifics on what fees would be compulsory. 
After speaking to multiple universities, Global News was told fees for accessibility and disability services are no longer mandatory. Every university that we have talked to across the board says accessibility services are now optional. Why is that? If a student needs Braille or something like that in a classroom, well, why, that's why up is to should the that institution. be optional? That part is up, up to the institution and we've been very, very clear that we respect the autonomy of our institutions. What the minister should say is, no, you need to provide these services because they're important. To have a minister that's not prepared to stand up for, for those folks and stand up for those students, uh, it's, it's shameful. Other fees that are now optional include funding for LGBTQ services and campus food banks. We went to Ryerson University to gauge reaction. A lot of the services we provide or some of the services we provide are for the most vulnerable community members and they're going to be impacted the most significantly by this. Yeah, they benefit people like myself. I've not been here for too long but I know I've used like services like the food bank. Um, so yeah, it'd be a real, yeah, I don't think it would be a good idea to cut funding for them. Now, the minister wouldn't confirm our story, only saying that she'd have to go back and double check if disability and accessibility services are essential. It is clear, though, from the post-secondary institutions that we talked to, they don't think they are, and the impact to students could be coming in the months ahead. Travis Danraj, Global News. Wow. So, yeah, I don't know where that I don't know where that reporter was standing in the last part of that piece. There, it was really echoey. <laughs> yeah, you always wonder what location these people What's are. What's up on. with that? Um, but yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, that it's at least it's being talked about in the media, and these things are being mentioned, so people are aware because. Well, most people might not think that there's. I've never heard there's an accessibility office. Yeah, when you people that it. don't have to use it, you know, you wouldn't maybe think about it. And if if it's an option now to opt out of these fees, and you don't use it unless you're educated and know enough about it, why wouldn't you save some money? It's at the time in your life when you're just trying to of get course. by. And I, I mean, I understand that. But, you know, this, this, the idea of these institutions um, having the, the option to... Uh, it's just not, not confirming that these sort of things are essential. Yeah, it's not a mandatory thing at a school. I mean, it's, it, it's definitely mandatory to have... Well, I've seen people who have disabilities say, I, you know, I... I got I got help that way in school, and now I'm out of school and I have a good job, and I'm, you know, I'm contributing back to society. But I wouldn't have been able to maybe be so successful in post secondary, you know, if I if I didn't have the accessibility office. So, you know, this whole thing about, you know, we're gonna save these money students money and put it back in their pockets. That's that's lovely, but it just ends up seeing, feeling like a government that just doesn't that just could care less about people with disabilities. It's not really on their radar, and you just feel, you just feel like you're not a, you know, you don't matter. You can just, I don't know, I just can hear it in, in these the voice of these ministers, and it just gives you a bad taste in your mouth about the government or me anyway. And I don't want that. But that, I mean, are we blowing these things out of proportion, or is this happening? You know? Yeah, and that's the thing with a lot of these government programs is they're they're gradual. They kind of happen. You're maybe not the average person might not be educated on this on this stuff, and that's why I'm trying to keep up more on the news because I'm. I slip on that stuff too sometimes, but so sometimes these things don't end up happening as, as bad as they say they are going to be, but if you're not aware of it and you're not doing anything while it's happening, it could get ahead of you, ahead of you and uh, these things could, could come into effect. So, But it's this whole thing in society about, you know, well, if it doesn't concern me, then I don't, why do I have to care? Yeah, and it kind of ties in, uh, I'm just going to do, thought a quick talk, <laughs> Quick talkly, <laughs> mixing up my words here. It's Go ahead. Monday, waking up here, I guess. Um, Wake up. I'm gonna quick talk about now. my experience with 
job hunting over the last month, just kind of sum it up. I talked about it a couple weeks ago when CTV was here that I had applied for a bank over a month ago and had some issues applying based on their web simulation using Flash um, software, which wasn't accessible for me. Um, so I reported that and then it took them a while to get back to me and that uh, I eventually talked to a recruiter who was hired specifically for um, recruiting people with disabilities. So spoke with her on the phone for a good hour and that went really well. But then I heard a week after that that I would move on in the process, but that their system wasn't accessible, their call center system at the bank wasn't accessible with my screen reading software. And, you know, it's, it's again, another accessibility thing where that should be mandatory that, especially a major company, you know, I mean, not that any business shouldn't be, um, but some smaller businesses and it, it's, it's more difficult. Um, but anyway, I was kind of didn't know what to think when I got that news and it kind of came by surprise, even though we know these things happen. And then uh, I heard back a week later that they had done some more research on their end and they think it would be possible for me to do the job using my software with their system. So they booked me for a interview, a phone interview last week, and a formal one, and I had that and I'm just waiting to hear back uh, whether or not I move on to the in-person interview. Um, but that issue sort of ties in again with accessibility and if we start allowing students to opt out of it at schools and in universities, then that's, that's before a job, right? People go to school first. And if, if there's no accessibility there, then how are they going to be ready? Uh, and how are these jobs that they're going to be looking for have that infrastructure to be accessible as well? If it's just not looked at as such an important well, that's thing. That's what I'm trying to get out overall is that the whole attitude that, you know, a political party may have in their platform or, you know, people, a lot of people have, because it is hard, you know, there's so much going on in the world, it's hard to care about everything, I understand that, but, you know, there's this thing about, you know, well, it doesn't concern me, and why do I care, and it shouldn't, you know, I shouldn't have to deal with Yeah, and that's people's. just a different, that's a, that's a different, different mindset, way of thinking. I guess, um, as someone with a disability, I can't, I can't afford to have that kind of attitude. But we're, we're, we're all involved in the society, and yeah. getting involved with the, the Canadian Federation of the Blind, for me, has changed that, where it's, Yes, even some of these issues that we deal with with the, with the CFB don't affect me specifically. I have a really good support system. I have, I mean, certain options that, but other people don't. And you have to. It's not all about you. It's it's, it's not every every man for himself. There's we got to work together and or every person for himself, I should say, or herself. Um, this, is, this planet's just one giant ship, you know, sailing through the universe. We have to. Every man for himself just not doesn't fly and, in my mind. And yeah, it, um, situations like this bank situation where I just kind of, I said, trying to keep, keep calm. I do, you know, you don't want to turn these companies off either. You need to, you need to approach these things yeah, um, that's a with, with a positive attitude. Question. But I was just kind of pointed out to the, to the person who said it wasn't accessible, that this is unacceptable in this, in this, in this day. Like the, these companies need to be accessible for all people. They have these inclusive statements on their website. So I just wanted to say I am I am happy and I, f I felt good and I'm glad that this bank did did contact me again and I was able to move along in the process at least and uh, and we should know by next week if you got it or not yeah got but it. it's just it makes me feel like I at least I tried and mm -hmm. and made they they changed their tune there a bit and came back so everybody's if, trying everybody tr you know if more people you know start start applying for things and looking for work more companies will be faced with these these thoughts what they might normally they don't even think about so right well if you are into the fooling happy um april fools whatever you get up to and we are uh, on twitter at 
Outlook CFB, right? Yes, and on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Outlook on Radio Western. And we'll see you next week. Yeah, have a good week. <laughs>